Hi, I'm Kate. I'm Jay. And this is Red Flags. A Twilight podcast. So tonight, we are going to go through chapters 22, Hide and Seek, and chapter 23, The Angel. We decided that we're going to do two chapters this episode and then the last chapter and the epilogue in the next episode and break it up that way because we've been doing three chapters at a time but the chapter 22 and 24 are both so long and there's so much going on in them that we felt like it just would work out better to break them up a little bit we have like four or five note cards yes for chapter 22 but yeah so we felt like it would probably just be easier to do two chapters now and two chapters later rather than like trying to knock all four of them out or do like three and then just the epilogue in a different episode this just seemed like it made the most sense yes so yeah (laughs) (laughs) you want to start us off by reading the note cards for yes so chapter 22 hide and seek a lot happened in this chapter my friends hoping that it's worth all the hype I'm giving it. So chapter 22, hide and seek. Alice has a vision about Bella. Won't say what about. This is a quote. It physically hurt to say his name. Bella, talking about Edward. Honestly, until now, I totally forgot about him as a character. So we took two weeks off from reading or filming. And when we first started, I like completely forgot that Edward was even a character until she mentioned him. In airport asks Jasper to take her to get breakfast, then asks to pee. Jazzy is fine. (laughs) Bathroom has two exits. Convenient. Bella is smart, but no explanation about her planning. Takes away from her character. Why does the world revolve around Bella? (laughs) Does she purposefully not plan so Alice can't see? Would love an explanation. $80 cab ride. I closed my eyes to spend the time with Edward. A little weird at first, but I guess I get wanting to distract herself. Good emotional control again. Renee is in Florida. Left a key outside? (laughs) I've never been more alone in my entire life. First time any memories of living with her mom are mentioned at any length. Definitely loves her mom. Also, it's spring break. Why is AC on if James is always cold? I like my snacks refrigerated. (laughs) Renee's voice was only a home video. Vampire thirst seems inconsistent. Bella is super calm. This makes James mad. James talks about figuring out Bella's secret plan. She wasn't that smart about it after all. James listened to (laughs) Bella's message when he got to Renee's Arizona house, even though Bella called her in Florida. That's going to be a big point of contention. Oh, we have a lot to say about that. James wants to video himself torturing Bella. James's story about Alice. Bella, thrown into mirrors, breaks her leg, smashes her face, and bleeds, losing consciousness. Uh, We can start at the beginning with Alice's vision. Yeah, chapter 22 is a doozy, guys. But we start chapter 22 still in the hotel room. And this is at right after Bella has had her conversation with James. And she's like, all right, I got to mentally prepare myself so I don't tip off Jasper by being alarmed. And I, I don't know, somehow have to get around Alice and her future vision. And so she comes out into the main room after she's talked to James. And Alice is having a vision. She sees Bella going to the dance studio somehow. And... She won't we assume say. that what that's what yeah, she Yeah, she seen. never really says what she saw. I'm sure she sees James attacking her at the very least. I don't so know if something. she knows that Bella sneaks out or that like she gets kidnapped or what, but mm-hmm. she's been tipped off by her freaky Somehow. senses that something's basically they're going to do something to mess up mm-hmm. <laughs> and Bella won't be safe anymore. Really is right. what it comes down to. Uh, and then she she lies to Bella about it, but Bella's just like, "Yeah, I know exactly what it is. I'm going to have to pretend that I don't know anything about it though. I'm going to go take a shower." Bye. She takes her bag in with her, like showers, and takes out her little like money stash and shoves it in her jeans. Because she is like, she has a money sock. Um, Even though the girl doesn't have a job, doesn't work, she has a money stash. She has a stash of, I think about $500 because she's planning on buying a car when she gets to Forks. And where does she get the money? Phoenix? We don't know anything about her life in Phoenix at all. We have they no never clue. talk about it. 
but she she has a stash of I think about five hundred dollars. Even and even then, just a simple like oh five like money that I made from my summer job or like birthday money over the years, chore money, whatever you know what I mean. And then she doesn't end up having to pay for a car, and she doesn't have a job in this one. I think she gets a job either in the next book or the third one at Mike's parents store. And so oh, fifty shades, but she does. is yeah <laughs> she is she is no income as of right now and she's been driving for i don't know how long because we don't really know the time frame so i don't know how much money she she has not known edward long enough for all this crap and this is assuming too that like she pays for her own gas which i don't i don't think she does i I don't know it never says like charlie handed me a 10 you know what i mean but like but she gets money from him once she gets money from him when she goes grocery shopping which we established like towards the beginning of the book so i wonder if some of that rolls into like her gas money as well maybe because it's not strange to me that he gives her money for grocery shopping no yeah i think that's she's the kid yeah so yeah maybe i wish there were some things that were explained in this book better it would help it would help a lot but yeah, so she she stashes her money in her pocket. She like puts together a little escape bag in her purse, essentially. This is also after she wrote well, she a letter. She need a bag for She's going to die. die. Yeah. So like you really just need your money. Right. But yeah, so she takes a shower. She's really hoping that like she doesn't tip off Jasper or Alice. Somehow she doesn't. This is again like a question I have about her emotional control because it seems really inconsistent when she's like freaking out versus when she decides that she's not going to anymore. Especially around Edward. Yes. I feel like is when she loses her control. Like she seems pretty fine. Mm -hmm. And then like even that like I would be fine if it was explained at all and it was just like oh usually I'm under complete control and even though there's like evidence to the contrary. grabbing his face and sticking my tongue down his throat was very out of character for me. Like yeah like just something of like I don't know what came over me like this is the first time I've ever had a crush on somebody so like it's just you know whatever. But not explained, so we don't actually know anything about Bella's real personality. <laughs> She's Edward's side piece. Okay, no. Both Edward and Bella are so, I just feel like, not important to the story. Basically. Which is so wrong because they're the main characters, but I feel like we could have a whole story without them. Well, yeah, because like this whole game of cat and mouse is a way of getting back at the fact that James couldn't have Alice. So if the entire book took place without Bella and Edward, it would just be a game of cat and mouse involving Alice. The plot would be virtually unchanged. Yeah, James could just be trying to kill Alice now as a vampire. Exactly. But for some reason, this has to be it. Which I understand. They leave the hotel. Yeah, and they're talking about Edward. And this is where Bella's like, it's the first time I said his name since... Knowing that I'm gonna die. And Bella's like, oh... It physically hurt to say his name. And then, like, just continues going on as if nothing. Mm-hmm. All of her melodrama face. in this chapter, I think I'm willing to give a little bit of a pass, though, because she, she does she does think that she's going to die. I agree with that. I don't know. Saying it hurt to say his name, and then that was, that's it, though. And, like, we didn't get much out of it. Not like, oh... I thought about how I'd never see him again, how I'd never see my mom again, how mm-hmm. I'd never see my dad again. And, like, she doesn't think about that stuff a lot during this chapter. Mm-hmm. So even if she could just say, I was trying really hard not to think about all the people I'd never see, all the things I'd never get to do, because I don't want to tip Jasper off. Exactly. But she doesn't say that. So no. we're just like, wow, she's a void. She has nothing going on because Meyer doesn't say there's and anything just going Edward. on or that there's any fight for her to control herself. Yeah, it's just Edward. Who sucks sucks miss mike man like mike miss your parents anyone else anyone also okay your two friends i'm willing to concede that maybe she didn't really have friends in phoenix but also we never hear anything about her time in phoenix which we'll get to a little bit more later too but like miss somebody from phoenix think about anybody you might be seeing here oh we're going to the airport i hope i don't see anybody i know because that'll set me off like i you know there's so many things. And the airport isn't far from where she lived because no. she caught a cab to it later. So, like, do you recognize anything around you on the car ride? Is there anything you're trying to get a last glimpse of on your way by? A park, bulletin board, mm-hmm. any, anything? Does the ugliness of an airport suddenly seem important to you for some reason? Like, anything. Do you have anything going on? Any last-minute quandaries about life? She literally has no development at all. No. It's such a shame. 
it's disappointing they go uh into a parking garage and then she finds out that where edward's plane is landing is like the biggest terminal and she's very happy about that because it's like the most confusing and she knows the airport well how did alice and jasper get to the car it's like i know they're in a parking garage once Mm -hmm. they're in the airport but like they're doing this was there in the hotel during the day and they say like is it during it's definitely during the day because they do when it she in escapes, the morning. it's light. Yeah, they, they, do, they so go like, at like 7 or 8 in the morning. So like, how's all that going on with like all the vampires on a plane? Mm-hmm. And they keep, like earlier, I think, Edward or Jasper comment on the fact that they can't drive during the day because they'll blind other people. Except for the car that they have. Mm-hmm. Like Carlisle specifically was like, you need to take this car. Because, because it has tinted out. windows, yeah. So they're in the airport. Alice keeps asking Bella if she wants her to like... Go to breakfast. Go get breakfast. Let's go get you some food. Bella's like, no, no, no. I'm all set. I don't need food or water because I am... I She never eats or drinks. All I drink is soda. Ugh. And it's looking like the plane is going to be either a little bit late or right on time. And then all of a sudden it changes. To 10 minutes early. It's 10 minutes early. And Bella takes that opportunity because someone has to stay to wait for the Cullens. So she takes that opportunity to say, oh, I'm ready for breakfast now to Mm -hmm. split them up because one of them has to stay and find them. So Alice immediately gets up and Bella's like, I want Jasper to go with me because I'm just feeling a little... So she asked Jasper, and she doesn't even give a really good reason, just, I'm feeling a little, you know, mm-hmm. like, no, Bella, we don't know, because Meyer doesn't expand on how you're feeling at all throughout the entire freaking book, unless it's about Edward. So no, we don't know, but thank you for that. So, but that's smart to separate them. So she has Jasper Taker. I feel like Jasper's been a little bit more relaxed. And then on their way, she's looking, 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 keeps saying like, no, I don't want to go to this food place. I don't want to go to that one. I don't want to go to that one. Seeming very picky until she sees a women's restroom. And she's like, actually, I gotta go Mm -hmm. to the bathroom. And can we just talk about how she mentions that Jasper's hand is on the small of her back? What happened to Jasper struggling in the real world? They're in the middle of a crowded airport, and now he's he went from having to stay apart from her, maybe at Edward's order specifically, but because he's newer at being a quote-unquote vegetarian than the rest of them, and suddenly he's just like, yeah, let me just escort you, my my arm and yours, around all of these people. Yeah, and he's totally fine with it. So she goes into a bathroom, and there happen to be two exits, so she sneaks out the other exit. Now, this is a really smart plan, but Bella literally just says, I was looking for a bathroom, and then once she's already in there, it's like, oh, I knew this one had two exits. There's no buildup. There's no her th- Like, we don't get a glimpse of her thought process. Like, I feel like if I were her, I'd be sitting with Alice and Jasper thinking, how am I going to get out of here and making a plan? And I don't know if she's trying to just think on her toes because of Alice and her premonitions. But she doesn't even explain that. Like, if you're making every decision split second so Alice can't see and, like, predict what you're going to do, that makes sense. But say that, like, mm-hmm. she's making all these gut decisions, and I'm like, does this girl just not know how to plan? Exactly. Like, well, I or- also feel like if the case is that she's trying to think on her toes, that's one thing. They need to explain it. But also, she chooses this bathroom because it has two exits, so she had to plan a little bit. And we don't even get a glimpse no. of her thought process. We just and it know- makes her look stupid. Like, mm-hmm. it makes her look like everything just happens to go the way she needs it to. And we get, once again, no character from her. We just know as an afterthought that she knew that there were two bathrooms in that airport because she had gotten lost in there once. I feel like I would like to maybe see that scene, maybe when they first come to the airport and we don't know why it's important yet. Maybe just a, a, a smidge of foreshadowing. Where just were you a little going bit. when you got lost in the airport? What was your destination? Anything, anything about your life, anything about her life that does not revolve around the Cullens. Exactly. Because that's we don't all get I know about her is that her name's Be- Bella and she's in love with the Cullens. And I'm just, I don't know anything else about her. There's nothing else. Like, we don't know anything about this girl. And this is another opportunity. I know we talked about this, I think at length in a previous episode we talked about this. But this is, I guess, is another example of, like, we're just on the very edge of Bella being a very intelligent person or a very, like, cunning person in some way. But it's missed because we're so busy skimming over all of the details that actually matter so that we can get to the next point where she's wallowing over Edward. And I don't care about her wallowing over Edward. 
forward. As she's leaving the other exit of the bathroom, she keeps thinking about, like, as soon as she leaves the other exit of the bathroom, she's like, they already know that I'm gone. Everybody must be looking at me so strangely. I'm going to get into this elevator, and everybody is just, like, digging holes into the back of my head with their eyes because they hate me so much. So people are staring at her because she's sprinting like a mad woman Mm -hmm. through an airport, which would probably draw my eye as well. It's when she tries to get onto a bus and the guy is very observant because the bus she's getting on heads to a hotel. And she's like, yeah, that's where I'm going. And he like inspects her and is like, you don't have luggage. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't, I feel like that wouldn't have happened. Like, I feel like that guy doesn't care if you have luggage or not. He's just going to be like, cool, thanks for the money, Mm -hmm. get on. But yeah, she sprints through the airport. She gets on an elevator Mm -hmm. and comments on how everybody in the elevator is mad at her because she like comes in at the last second and then probably don't care she like i I don't understand like why her whole thought process is just like how other people affect her or like she directly affects other people negatively there it's just a very weird observation because those are the only types of observations she makes outside of edward is when people are like suspicious of her yeah and the world literally revolves around her but every every few seconds and i guess i understand the panic in this too she keeps thinking about like oh they already know that i'm like out of the bathroom which they probably do i have like i have to you know get myself going and i really have to put as much difference which like to be fair At the point that she's on the elevator, sure. She's thinking this as soon as she exits the other side. It's not like you actually peed, girl. You gotta give yourself a couple minutes. (laughs) But can... So this is another thing with inconsistency with the vampires. Can Jasper hear her shut the door on the other side? Like, can he hear Mm -hmm. that she didn't open a stall door? Or, like, how many other people... Yeah, how many other people are in the bathroom, though? Like, is there any confusion to him? Like, they're so inconsistent about, like, what... Like, what is the accuracy of what vampires can hear? Because if there are other people... don't even know if anyone else was in the bathroom. Yeah, if anybody else... If anybody else is in the bathroom, if, like, it's, like, a long hallway-type bathroom, or if it's just, like, a kind of a square and the other exit is, like, five feet away. Like, we don't know any of that. And it just seems like it's really inconsistent. And also, like, can he smell her? Because apparently every human has a distinctive smell. So can he smell her and then not smell her? I just feel like there's no way they wouldn't have caught her. Except mm-hmm. for the fact, so like once she's outside, You're she gone. is acting like, oh my gosh, I still have to try so hard. Like whatever. Once you're outside, that's it. Like mm-hmm. they can't go outside. They right. have to go through the process of going downstairs, dealing with the humans to get their car back, which takes a few, like they're not just going to be able to sprint out after you. And mm-hmm. Even if they get to the car before you're like a reasonable distance away, like by the time they do, you're on the bus and gone and you're set gone but yeah and then she gets to the guy with the shuttle bus to the hotel who scrutinizes her yeah for no reason from the hotel she takes a cab she steals mm-hmm. someone's cab yes because well, she's right looking, as they're getting out yeah she's looking for a cab at the airport but apparently like this is the one time that there are no cabs at the airport and she's like oh no what am i gonna do she goes to the hotel and then she sees that another couple just happens to be getting out of their cab at that hotel and i'm like i get that this is like you know a convoluted plan and you know there have to be a few wrenches in the works but for that to be the wrench in the work of like you had to go somewhere else to find a cab and that's the only issue with her plan her non-plan not like spotting jasper out of the corner of the eye right before she walks into the light like they almost caught up to her kind of thing exactly because they can't just sprint through the crowd like i feel like like there's no real sense of suspense in this scene i wasn't it's essentially a chase scene like she thinks that they're right on her tail and there's just nothing if they wanted to be they would exactly they would have her but so she gets into a cab as she steals the cab at the hotel they're getting out of it and everybody looks confused again and it's like why why would anybody be confused that you want to be the person in the cab next she gives the cab driver 80 dollars and she's like will this do it to get me to my destination i'll say i'll say she's such a jerk it's an expensive well, like cab not a jerk because like the dude probably got an extra 60 bucks but mm-hmm. i know he complained he's like oh that's all the way in this like little you know this little area of phoenix and she's like yeah here's 80 dollars and I'm like, I get the Phoenix is a big city, but, like, how I far also away get, is this like, place? Well, I also get that it's, like, here's $80. I don't care how much I give you. I'm never going to use it again anyway. That's true. Also, I just need you to get me there without stalling anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't have this argument of, like, oh, it's kind of far. Like, just take the $80 and get me to where I need to be because I need to be there, like, yesterday. Yeah. On the cab ride, she says, I closed my eyes 
to spend the time with Edward, which I'm like, I get this. Like, I get wanting, she thinks she's in love with him and whatever. It's just, I, I don't know, another thing where it's like the world revolves around Edward. Why do you want to spend your last moments with the guy that you've known well for like a week? Haven't even known super well. Like, but like, that's the point at which like you learned about him and then you've known him barely for anywhere from six months to like two. Like you're not wondering about what's going to happen with your dad. Like thinking maybe I should leave a note for him. Thinking about anything about that. Like yeah. when she was writing her little goodbye note to Edward. I would be writing something to my dad. Mm-hmm. I would be writing something to mail, to do what I, I don't even know where mm-hmm. she would get stamps. But like, I would be writing something to make an attempt to leave it for to him. To everybody that I cared because about. Because she did not leave with him on good terms, especially no. him. Like, he thinks he's the reason she left. So if she dies, he might think it's his fault. Exactly. Like, he's going to blame himself And I would be putting forever. everything in there to be like, I love you. Like, I was trying to protect you and i would even explain what the hell was going on like i might not say vampires because that's like not believable i don't know i would i would literally just say like i had a mental breakdown but it's not your fault and i love you and i don't want you to think that like i don't i would want to write something to my dad yeah because she did not leave with him on good terms. No. I would I you know, she pretends that she's writing something to her mom. I would genuinely want to write something to my mom because she thinks that she's about to see her mom and so maybe like that would explain it, like why she wouldn't want to write to her mom. But at the same time, do you think your mom's going to get the explanation she deserves by watching you die? Instead of explaining everything, no matter how crazy it sounds, my parents deserve to know how I died. Well, she also knows that Alice has seen her be attacked by James in some way. And I guess she doesn't know exactly where it's gonna be but i would assume that like in her mind in her part of her planning might be i'm just hopeful that like they get there in time to save my mom i'm just hopeful that like i'm a step ahead so he gets what he wants and like we can do this but then like they can save my mom they can save my mom or like something will save my mom kind of thing or even me maybe they'll save me too like Mm -hmm. because as soon as they lose sight of her they know where to go well in all honesty like this is completely aside and we're gonna get to this point anyways but as i'm getting to the ballet studio this man has me pinned down he's gonna like he's gonna do all this stuff as i'm getting to the ballet studio what do i do take out my phone i guess she doesn't have a cell phone so that doesn't make sense call 911 at any point he's gonna make it messier for himself call 911 when you're at your house when you're at the hotel, anything. This man is not in for that much of a hassle. And he can't reveal the vampires. Exactly. For how smart she is, like, she doesn't She's think, really stupid. She's just really prepared. She's like, I'm going to do exactly what he says. That's the one part that I am not going to try to get out of. I'm going to try to get out of meeting Edward in the airport. I'm going to try to get out of, like, being with the Collins here so I can escape and get myself killed. Meanwhile, if the Collins were in on it, all she had to do was show up alone. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't be like... Oh, this guy wants me dead or he's gonna hurt my family? Well, that's that's just it then. You know, I feel like I'd be thinking of every other possible way that I could get both of us out before I finally came to like, okay, I just, there's no way mm-hmm. and I just need to get that person out. Like, yeah. I feel like I would be, like, she doesn't even give it a second thought. She's just like, okay, I'm gonna die. Like, what if she had told Alice and Jasper right? about like, it? I don't understand her whole process of thinking where it's like, oh, vampires know so much about vampires and I know basically nothing about them. Maybe I could take a little quick poll, see if anybody knows how to deal with this any better than I, a 17-year-old girl, would know how to deal with it. And I also think later on, we see this in other books too, I think that Bella genuinely just enjoys being a martyr, like, or being perceived as a oh, martyr. Oh, yeah. And so I think that might have to do with it too. kind of just wants to die. A little bit. But yeah, going back to what Bella's doing, she's imagining Edward as she's taking this cab ride to her own home, or her mom's house, I guess. There's nothing else to her character except the fact that she's in love with Edward, Mm -hmm. which is, I hate. But this, by remembering Edward and thinking about him, she's doing a very good job again of controlling her emotion. She doesn't want to lose her crap and cry in front of the cab driver, Mm -hmm. and she wants to keep herself calm so she can, like, think clearly yeah Mm -hmm. so she gets to her mom's house Mm -hmm. in phoenix (laughs) and she grabs a key from under the mat this is another question we had about like how she how she has never visited renee since moving to forks at all and i guess like she didn't visit charlie all that often but like i guess they've been in florida but if she like loves spending time with her mom so dearly and she wants to get out of forks at every possible opportunity up until like a week ago when she started dating edward wouldn't she go visit why wouldn't she go back to phoenix why wouldn't she go visit i don't know exactly when so if it was the first snowfall of the year i usually take that to be 
before Christmas. Because either way, it's I guess it's the first snowfall of the year. But it just makes more sense because it's of that... I don't really think of it as that calendar year. Mm-hmm. I think of it as like the seasonal type Years, thing when yeah. I think of it. But I always think of that being before Christmas. So she would have had a Christmas vacation. They didn't say anything about Christmas in the whole book. Right. So now also, I'm confused okay, about the okay. timeline. Like, did she start at the beginning of let the school year up, or in the middle? Let me look up when Sadie Hawkins dances usually occur. The Sadie Hawkins dance usually comes at the end of February. And she was there for a good while before that comes around. So she must have had some sort of winter breaks, either a holiday Christmas break or like the tail end of New Year's. Cause I feel I like- just, I don't even know when she started at Forks High though. Like mm-hmm. in the fall? That's or what I'm guessing. halfway through the school year? I don't know. Like I thought like, she this was come in the fall. This wasn't discussed. At all. And I guess it could make sense if like she came from her break to forks but then it doesn't mention that it's new yeah it doesn't mention that it's new year's when she moves because that would be the date because i i'm i I guess i'm also thinking about like in terms of college breaks as opposed to high school breaks because college uh winter break is longer in college but as a high school break she would have been coming back to school right after new year's right after new year's and so for them not to mention that if that's the case feels very odd to me that she's like oh it's new year's day and i'm meeting my dad for the first time in like half a year or even just for like I don't know. It's weird that now that I'm thinking about it, I don't even think we got a month. Or like, oh, I think about my last Christmas with my mom. I think about my, I don't know, maybe or she I celebrates Hanukkah. Or I think about Hanukkah. how I'm going to have to spend this Christmas in Forks. Like, I don't know. Where, we, there's what no is the mission. time frame? There's nothing. Because right now I'm assuming she's known this man for under two months. But I could be wrong and I don't know. Either way, they've only been dating for a week, so. Anyway. She goes there, she calls a phone number that's been jotted down. He tells her to meet her at the ballet studio. She's like, all right, fine. She has a whole scene where she keeps tripping on, like, the block jog over to the ballet studio. And she does mention that, like, she's sweating profusely, which mm-hmm. it's like, okay, we've established that it's spring and you're in Arizona. Arizona so, yeah. yeah, it's hot, man. And she talks about how it's too bright. But then these are all the things she said she missed. Mm-hmm. So it would make so much more sense if she's like, I hadn't realized how, like, Unacclimated. how comfortable mm-hmm. I was in Forks. Like, how used to it I was. Like, or because this is a dire situation, I've been here for months, suddenly all the things in Phoenix feel wrong. It's mm-hmm. too hot. It's too bright. These things are, like, offensive to my senses now because of the time I've spent away or because... I'm panicking. I'm panicking. Mm-hmm. And there's none of that. No. There's none of that. And she's, like, having trouble breathing. She doesn't say if it's because of the humidity, because of the running. She literally hiked five miles yesterday. Yeah. With no water. So there's just like no explan like there's no full explanation of like why she feels any way that she feels when she feels it. It's just like I had trouble breathing. And it's like, okay, are you having a panic attack because you know you're about to die or you know that you're you and your mom are about to die? Are you just hot and sweaty? Like, is it a combination of the two? Do you know? Like, are you unsure? Do you know what you're feeling? Because obviously you've been trying to keep your head clear. Are you losing your grip on that? Like any sort of explanation at all. We get nothing so about welcome. how she's feeling emotionally. It's just physically she's sweating and having trouble breathing and that's it. You don't yeah. get anything else. Yeah. We don't even get a little... My mind was reeling trying to mm-hmm. understand what's going on. But she, nothing. Uh, she also trips a bunch of times she i guess like 10 times. and then she, at one point she scrapes her hands and knees so she's bleeding at least a little bit it may, maybe it already scabbed over by the time she got to the bat like the dance studio uh, you don't scab but, that fast though if you well, like if it dries studio. up kind of thing like not actual scabbing but like dried blood dried blood so she's getting to this dance studio hot sweaty bloody panicked maybe like she's just a mess Blood's pumping through her veins mm-hmm. and james is just fine has total control he has the ac on why we get to the ballet studio and she's like thinking about it on the on the door this is our only indication of what time of year it is so at the point that she was running we did not even know what time of year it was we didn't know if it was spring summer winter we know fall. arizona's pretty we know arizona's pretty warm but that's about it so we get to the dance studio it's closed for spring break so this dance studio is closed nobody is in it obviously that's good for him but she gets in and he's just turned on the ac like did he do that for her to make her more comfortable before he slaughters her aggressively or and like we made the joke was it just on like right we made the joke like oh like he likes his snacks refrigerated but like there's just no real explanation for this the ac on 
for brakes. No. Because it's like an electrical hazard. Like Nobody's there to monitor to be plugged it. in. It's also a waste of money. And like, if no one's working there, and it sounds like it's pretty small, there are only two rooms in it, so it's not like a big school building where it's mm-hmm. like they're using it for other things. Exactly. And so, yeah, the AC is on for like some reason. It's a public building where it needs to be available because mm-hmm. it's literally closed for spring break, so. But she's walking down the hall and she like looks into the first room. It's dark. She sort of looks into the second room, but the shades are drawn, but she can see that it's lighted. And then she hears her mom exact same tone, exact same everything. And she's like, Bella, Bella. At this point, okay, I know he is faster than her. I understand completely that she has little to no chance of like getting back out. But like, why wouldn't she think about that for more than a second? Because if she turned around and ran back into the daylight, he can't follow her if she makes it out the door. I don't know that that's a connection I would make at first, just because I feel like she ran all the way there. She's preparing to die. She's clearly having some type of anxiety, which is total blue. Like, she Mm -hmm. should be. And I feel like at this point, there's no way that you can possibly think clearly to analyze the tone of a voice. But I guess, like, I guess... It's kind of suspicious that her mom's talking first, because I would assume her to be, like, tied up and, like, Mm -hmm. gagged, but... And, like, there's and no like indication. Can't, she can't see her mom, so yeah, it's not she, like her mom saw her. It's not like her mom saw her. It's not like her mom heard her. Because she's she says that she's being quiet here, unless she's, like, panting. I don't know. But also, we have this whole scene of, like, her keeping her cool, keeping her cool. And I do understand that, like, at this point in time, it, I think it's pretty clear that she's panicking, even though it's not really explained. But I guess it would be another point to, like, okay then what is all this hubbub about how she's like so different from other girls and how she's so much more mature or like whatever Edward thinks that she's different for? Because if she has the same exact reactions in every given situation, what is the difference? I feel like my game plan would be to open the door, stay out in the daylight and yell into James and be like, I want you to come over here mm-hmm. and I want you to show me my mom's yeah, life. I and like, I want mom. you to push her outside before I walk in. I would be ne- my first thought, yeah, my first thought would be like prop the door open stay in the sunlight because he can't grab you if you're in plain view of sunlight mm-hmm. and try to be negotiating my mom's release yeah because that's I what she's concerned be about in blindly no uh especially because she has no time, guarantee i'm not in a panic state exactly. thinking i'm about to die so i don't know so uh, yeah to be fair we don't honestly know but at the same time like the only reason she's doing this is for the guaranteed safety of her mom that's the only reason yeah. so why wouldn't that be the forefront of her mind yeah, how am I going to get my mom out of here? But so she hears, your, you know, her mom in the same tone, Bella, Bella, and she runs in. It's uh, it's a VCR. It's a home movie that James took from her house. He's like in the corner. She doesn't notice him at first. <laughs> and I'm like in an all mirrored ballet studio. He's just in there. But she sees that this is a home video of her almost falling off of a bridge. Yeah, over a pier with yeah. her mom like Thanksgiving when she was eight or whatever. Mm-hmm. They I went to California Thanksgiving. for her grandma no or something. It was the last Thanksgiving her grandparents were alive. Yes. And so she sees that this is a home video and she feels real stupid. And then James kind of comes out of the corner and he's like, did anyone follow you? Like, he's ready to gloat. He's ready to monologue. The thing that's so frustrating about this. So they're back and forth for a little bit. Like, she's too calm. It seems to be annoying James a little bit that she's too calm, but he keeps his cool. And then finally, he's like, I figured humans are predictable. So you wouldn't like go where you said you were going. But then I thought more and I'm like, well, humans are predictable and they like to feel comfortable. So where would you feel more comfortable than home? Like he had that stuff And then he's like, out. and wouldn't it be so convenient if you went the last place where you're supposed to be, mm-hmm. home, where you said you were going to go. So you weren't that smart in your plan. <laughs> and then he talks about how it didn't take much. Victoria got, like, your school records. Mm-hmm. I found your address here. And then his entire plan revolves around the fact that Bella left a message on Renee's phone. Mm-hmm. And he heard it and had the number to call Bella back on. I am so What's the plot hole, Jade? Please tell them. I am so mad about Me this. Too. She called her mom in Florida. A home landline, we're assuming. Maybe her mom's cell phone. In Florida. James goes to her Arizona home and here's a message that she sent to her mom telling her not to come back to Arizona. What? Automatically, the entire climax of this book makes absolutely no sense. It revolves no around sense. a plot hole. 
it the makes entire no sense. thing. And we were thinking about it because obviously, I think last episode we mentioned that this could be like a friend scenario. Like I, I say a friend scenario, but like an earlier phone model where you can access answering machines from multiple phones. He wouldn't have the he number. He wouldn't have the information to be able to get that to get the phone number to the Cullen's burner phone. There's no he way. He doesn't even have any way of knowing that her mom is in Florida. There's just yeah. There's nothing about it. He has no way sense. of knowing that her mom won't be there and that she's in florida and that there's a landline in florida like it's going to be a different phone number none of this makes sense none of it makes sense so like bella calls her mom in florida james gets the information on the arizona phone Mm -hmm. that bella left for her mom in florida so this entire makes no sense this whole thing hinges on that phone call that's the only way he could formulate the second half of his plan because his first half was going to arizona he should have hit a wall he should have hit a dead end but for some reason the entire next part of his plan revolves around something that could not happen so automatically i'm just thinking we reread this whole thing for nothing for no reason because there's no way any of this possibly could have happened so i'm automatically just saying none of it in real life if this were real life, none of that happened. She was just able to go home safe after exactly. a few weeks. And they moved on. Yeah. Also, we brought up the question because she sees like this. This is another, I guess, minor plot hole. But she sees that it's spring break. Assuming that this means spring break for high schools. Obviously, different high schools tend to have different breaks on like slightly different weeks sometimes. Depending yeah, on like, like holidays or, or whatever. Each other. Why? In this scenario, though, we don't know anything about Forks's break schedule. Would it not be incredibly easy to avoid? I know it's for the drama. I know that's the way, the reason it was done, and it was to heighten like the suspense of everything. It did, I, I completely understand that. I I understand why Meyer did that the way she did. However, except it didn't logically, work. why would they not use the break to their advantage to say that she's planning a trip somewhere, that she's going somewhere, and that like she Gonna doesn't miss a few have days of school. Yeah, she doesn't have to break Charlie's heart. What if she's just like, oh, like you know the something is cheap at this point in time like the airfare or anything like that and she could talk her way out of it because even if it wouldn't make charlie happy if she's just like well i already bought the plane ticket he's not gonna worry about her at that point at least or even if it's like well this is what i'm doing so get over it and Mm -hmm. she has to pretend like well actually sneak out Mm -hmm. like pretend like she's being a rebellious teen and sneaking out way better than being like hey charlie i hate you and your stupid town the entire book because this is the whole point of the whole book yeah this is the only to get here this is the the only major plot point in this book like everything else up until this point is essentially just exposition explaining how vampires work we have no insight into jacob even though he becomes a pivotal character in the later books so he ends up being like oh yeah i want edward to avenge you because this was just too easy Mm -hmm. and she's like well i asked him not to i wrote him a note so ha I know. Yeah, he always listens to you. And then he's like, oh, don't worry. Starts videoing. And he's like, oh, yeah, don't worry. I think after watching this, he's going to want to avenge you. And he, like, starts his little monologue where he's like, I'm, you know, I'm going to send this VHS to them. VHS? (laughs) I think that's what it is. Like, it's like a camcorder. but It's like an old-fashioned recorder. Mm -hmm. That's the impression I got anyways. Because maybe I'm just confusing it because, like, the tape that she was on was the VHS tape when she, like, comes in. But anyway. He's like, I'm going to send them a copy of this film. The snuff film is what it's going to be. Yeah. And Yikes. Yeah. And Edward's going to get so mad that he's going to avenge you. So hot. She tries to say something smart back to that, but she's just like panicking about the video. And then he somehow gets on the topic of, oh, and like, you would have been like the second person to have gotten away. Like, I'm so smart that like in all of my years of being a tracker, only one person person has gotten away. And then he reveals that it's Alice, which I did not remember at all. I didn't either. I don't know if that's in the movie or not, is it? It must be. I don't think so. But, so he reveals, it was like a similar situation where it's like a vampire and a human. And the only other time that a human got away from him was with a vampire protecting her. And so that's why he thought that this was going to be a harder game. He comments about like, oh, this vampire was working at like what what would have been at the time an insane asylum. And I don't understand like what vampires want to do with humans anyways, why they think you're so interesting. And something draws her to the conclusion that it's Alice. 
Oh, because he's like, oh, this poor thing, you know, she was kept in the dark the whole time, mm-hmm. like, her whole life because of her little visions that she had, and, you know, like, I know she underwent shock therapy, so really, me killing her would have been a mercy anyway. Oh, like, yeah, and that's she how she was treated it. horribly because of her visions. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the vampire ended up turning her, which is literally the easiest way to avoid me killing you, so I don't understand why your vampire didn't do that with you, but whatever. He calls Edward weak. Yeah. He's like, so that vampire for some reason had this obsession. He's like, yeah, so he changed her and I got mad. So <laughs> I killed him and left her. Bella makes the connection. Bella makes the connection. Alice. And, and we also find like, out. Yeah, I was surprised when I saw her in the field. We didn't we didn't catch Bella clocking that at all. No, like, we went back and looked at that just to make sure. Because I was like, oh, maybe like that would be good foreshadowing. Because Alice James, wouldn't have known. Yeah, but. if James clocked Alice, but Alice didn't notice anything. And Bella like noticed something about how he was looking at her or something like that. But we went back to this scene. At no point is it mentioned at all. That's the kind of stuff you want to foreshadow. James was, you know kept going because alice was right next well alice was right next to bella she came over to her yeah but it's like oh yeah i I could see his eyes bouncing back and forth between alice and i doesn't have to acknowledge that it's weird just that it's happening Mm -hmm. and then later it's like oh that's why or like even alice having some sort of like phantom memory of it because obviously she doesn't actually remember anything about her life as a human but I think it's reasonable to say that something could jog her memory a little bit and be like, oh, like something about that felt like deja vu to me. Something about that. I think I've seen him somewhere before. Yeah. Just anything. Any sort of foreshadowing at all would be welcome. We get nothing. Meyer gives us nothing to work with. So then he's like, all right, so this has been fun. It's time to like kill you now. So Bella, like we were laughing during this and obviously it's not funny. Like assault is never funny. No. She just can't see him moving. So it's just like something hit me in the chest. I flew against the wall. Something smacked my face. I fell into the, like something, something. The action is just described so poorly. Yeah. And like, I'm not even nervous for her life this whole time she's inches away from dying she passes out due to blood loss and i'm just like huh it all is let it's like a page yeah of a description less than a whole page of a description of her having the crap beat out of her mm-hmm. and it's so quick and i'm just like wouldn't he want to draw it out and like more detail because she's just like oh you know he stepped on my leg and broke it and i heard myself scream mm-hmm. detached nothing about pain and then like oh he nudged my leg and i screamed again not like he nudged my leg pain shot all the way up i was sure it was broken that's understandable when you're you're that's why your body goes into shock because yeah. you can't handle it but like explain some type of feeling because going into shock has feeling mm-hmm. you get cold maybe hot you confused. sweat maybe cold sweats you're confused you're hyperventilating like anything anything that she's thinking no we get nothing yeah she is literally just a punching bag it's the equivalent of going to the gym for mm-hmm. kickboxing all in all, she starts bleeding out of her head because it cracks her skull open. She has a broken leg and she's been hit in the chest. I think she's got some broken ribs. Yeah, she has. This is something from, I think, two chapters from now, but she does have broken ribs. And then she passes out at that point. Yes. And uh, James is gloating over her. She feels him bite her, I think, and then she passes out. Or maybe that's just like when in the beginning of the next I think she realizes chapter. it in the beginning of the next chapter. Okay. But yeah, that, that does take us into chapter 23. The angel. So here are our notes. The most beautiful sound Bella can imagine is a snarl. Bella calls his cry, tearless, but her eyes are closed. <laughs> How did the Cullens travel to Phoenix in the daylight? They all pressure Edward to suck out the venom without killing her. Carlisle says he can't do it because he's applying pressure to the wound, as if he's the only one. Midnight Sun, Edward has assisted in minor medical events and has two medical degrees. They don't explain how Edward doesn't put more venom into Bella. Bella tries to tell Alice about James's revelation, but fails. But we start the next chapter with Bella thinking she is dead. Yeah, and she's like, oh my gosh, the most beautiful sound I've ever heard rips through the room. And it's Edward freaking growling. And I'm like, I would think I'm in hell. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not in heaven if I'm hearing creatures growl around me. I'm thinking that I'm going to the fiery pits, man. Like... Mm -hmm. What? And then she she hears him talking, and she's like, oh, it's an angel. It's the only sound I want to hear. Which I'm like, okay, so to be fair, if she thinks an angel's talking to her, and she, like, she's lost a lot of blood at this point. You've 
end up hearing Carlisle say that she's lost quite a bit of blood. Mm-hmm. She ends up, this isn't in this chapter, but she ends up needing transfusions. So she's lost a significant amount of blood. So it's like, if she's delirious and like at death's door and thinks she's hearing angels, fine. That's fine. Edward is the only voice that she thinks is an angel. There are other people around her talking. She does not, like Alice them. speaks, Carlisle speaks, and she calls them by name. Mm. She knows it's Carlisle, but she calls Edward the angel. So it's like Edward's talking, going, Bella, Bella, are you okay? The angel said, oh, we need to stop the bleeding. Carlisle said, yeah, I know, said the angel. Like, who do you think mm-hmm. it is? Are you kidding? Like, exactly. they should all be angels. Because mm-hmm. if she can't identify Edward's voice, why can she identify Carlisle and Alice. Exactly. Carlisle has to tell Alice to step away because it'll and hold her breath because it'll make it easier. The one detail they include to like acknowledge that Alice is there. Bella's like, oh, Alice. And then Edward, the angel, says she's the one who got us here. She's the one who's like helped save you, essentially. And he's like crying, except her eyes aren't open. So I don't know how that how she knows he's crying. Mm-hmm. Tearless. Yeah, she says, like, there's, like, this tearless cries going on, and, like, it sounds like weeping a little bit to her. Which, obviously, it would be tearless, because you can't produce tears, but, like, she can't see him, so she she doesn't know. Yeah, she also doesn't know that. Like, only he knows that. They should cry blood. Because he he licked up one of her tears. I I feel like they should cry blood, because that's what they consume, so, like, Mm -hmm. why would your tear ducts just stop working? Why does anything stop working? They are all around her and then she feels like carlisle at her head and he's like putting pressure on her wound i'm assuming that's what he's doing maybe he's stitching it up but it, it doesn't really go into detail about like what he's doing at I her head just applying like, i think she he's she just feels pressure on her mm-hmm. head so he's just applying pressure to her head and she's kind of going in and out of consciousness and then she feels the venom in her hand where james bit her and she's like there's fire i'm on fire and she still thinks she's in heaven jasper and emmett had to leave because mm-hmm. there was too much blood yes but like they don't say anything about james and we find out later on what happens to james but there's fire i'm on fire and she says like why couldn't they see the fire yeah and edward like has no idea what she's talking about at first he's like it's okay it's Mm -hmm. okay like you're gonna be fine and she's like no i'm on fire you idiot like i am burning why can't they just put it out and then he's like oh crap carlisle her hand (laughs) yeah and carlisle who is applying pressure to her head he's like edward you have to suck the venom out of her and alice and carlisle both encourage edward to do this which okay so my thought process is carlisle's like i need to get the bleeding under control so if all he's doing is applying pressure pass her head off to alice Mm -hmm. or to edward yeah carlisle has done this her best chance of survival is for someone else to apply pressure to her head wound and Carlisle. And Carlisle to suck the venom. Or even just, hey, hold her hand up here so mm-hmm. I can lap that up. Like, I don't need to stop applying pressure. No, you don't need I have my hands. hands here. Someone just hold her hand steady and like, I don't know, I can reach my hand above my head mm-hmm. to where someone would be holding. Like, There's no actual reason that Edward has to do this, but Carlisle is like, no, like, I have to do this. Despite the fact that we know that Edward is incredibly intelligent and then in the Midnight Sun, obviously, <laughs> this is not in this book, but in the Midnight Sun Ed version of Edward, he mentions that he has two medical degrees. And when they're in the hospital after Bella gets into her car accident, he talks about how he's helped Carlisle do minor surgeries before. Also, so like, I didn't go to medical school or anything, but I feel like Hold if you cut yourself something. with a knife and we're bleeding out, you apply pressure over the wound. Yeah. Like, I feel like I could try to control the bleeding until there was mm-hmm. more help. But like... I think the most pressing thing, if they don't want her to turn into a vampire right now, is to get the venom out. And they're just... (laughs) They're bullying Edward into doing it. Which I guess, like, symbolically is important because it's like, oh, Edward has to, like, prove himself and prove that he can, Even though there's no character development in anyone. at all. There's there's never really any, like, sort of journey between, like, him finding her irresistible between him, like, learning self-control. It's just, like, he goes from finding her irresistible to, like, oh, yeah, I can just lap this up real quick. I don't understand. And so, like, I remember in the movie, they're, like, like, so Edward ends up sucking the venom out, if you guys didn't know. And in the movie, Carlisle's like, Edward, you need to stop. You're killing her. And he, like, keeps going and almost legitimately kills her in the book he's just like lapping it up and then stops and he's like i think i got it all i can taste the morphine and like that's it 
Yeah. There, there's no more... Like, no one has to be like, Edward, you're taking too much. Mm-hmm. Like, there's nothing. There's yeah. no, like, Alice, if I clamp my chompers down, you need to pull me back. Like, <laughs> nothing. And there's also really no explanation as to, like, how James left venom in her when he was sucking her dry, but for some reason, Edward doesn't leave any venom in her when he, like, pulls away. Well, like, I don't know if Edward put his teeth in him bit, or if it's, like, how you would suck venom out of a snake bite. I don't know, because it they sounds don't say like... It. They don't say it. They they mention how her wound looks clean, and so that implies that maybe he, like, just kind of chomped down right in the same place, and it didn't actually, like, break any new skin. But I, A, I don't know that that has any bearance on, like, his venom from his mouth getting into an open wound. B, from later on, I'm pretty sure it says something about how she feels a new pain in a different part of her hand, which implies that he bites a different part of her hand. But that that's just what I remember. Maybe I'm wrong. But... So I, th- yeah, it, I, either way to me, I don't there think so it, I, yeah, either way to me, I don't think it makes total sense because it's like, I guess maybe it would be explained by like James getting pulled away quickly. But even then, like if Edward stops before all of her blood is gone from her body, he's like pulling himself away at a point where there's still like cross contamination. So realistically, only another human should be able to take the venom out of this because I, there's not explained if it's like their saliva or it's like similar to a snake where they have some sort of like venomous sack that goes down through their teeth or like directly behind it there's just nothing do they gleek (laughs) so once again vampires just are not well explained and then oh also going back i guess this is back in the previous chapter we talked about this while we were reading it james's control is inconsistent with like the way that he can be so close to bella so we have this whole thing where obviously jasper has trouble with his control because he's new to the vegetarian lifestyle edward has trouble with his control because he finds bella so irresistible and then like it's not really brought up like how the others particularly feel obviously i think they say that uh carlisle is not really affected and then alice has never tasted human blood, so she's not really that affected. But we have James and Bella sitting in a room together, and he's, you know, a couple feet from her at this point. And even though he's never tried out the vegetarian lifestyle, and for all intents and purposes, they always describe vampires that suck human blood as, like, essentially feral around humans. He's fine. He has complete control. His eyes are even dark, indicating that he is not fed in a while. Yeah, and he's like, she comes in with scraped knees and hands. Yeah, she's even bleeding. And he's just fine for some reason. So I guess, like, I I maybe would chalk that up to, like, oh, Jasper is having trouble because he hasn't fed from humans in, like, such a long time, and you're not fully satisfied by animal blood. But He's getting used to, like, living with that pit. Exactly. And so I'm like, maybe it could be explained away in any sort of way that way. But because it is not explained at all. We have no idea. We have no idea, like, what the actual mechanics of it are. And then she doesn't talk about it at all. She doesn't question it at all. Nobody does ever again. Like, how come some vampires have really good control? Because, like, Laurent was fine. Yeah. And then James wasn't. And then James was. Mm -hmm. And then he wasn't. And, like, it's so... And James and Victoria are both tearing through the land. They're, like, James took a plane full of people. Victoria is just terrorizing forks on her own time. Like, she's going around amongst the people. With red eyes. Yeah. Nobody, nobody says, calls that and out, I guess. how did the Collins get there? Like, how did they travel during the day? There's no explanation. Because they got there too fast to have taken a car. I, yeah, I think they probably ran. But then, like, how did they run during the day? And even if they did take in a, a car... In a city, it's not like yeah. it's in Forks, where it's like, okay, maybe they stuck to the woods. They're in Phoenix. Yeah, they're, like, always in the sunlight. And no, you can't tell me nobody would have seen them. Oh, the streets are empty. In Phoenix, Arizona, not the streets are empty. Like, yeah. And, but yeah, even if they did take a car too like from the sidewalk to the front of the ballet studio people would still probably see them so many plot holes yeah Um, Uh, but back to this chapter (laughs) so i think we're at the point so edward sucks the venom out he's fine which is like stupid but whatever and then bella's drifting off and she's trying to tell alice about what she knows about what she knows and like doesn't do a very good job and they're all just like just sleep you're fine And then she falls asleep, and as she's falling asleep, Edward says, just rest, sweetheart. This is the first pet name he's ever called her, I think. It just sounds so out of character. Like, I feel like, from what we've gathered from Edward so far, he wouldn't call someone sweetheart. He's not, like, a sweetheart kind of guy. No. 
He's like a maybe babe mm-hmm. kind of guy. My love, more like. He does use my love later. But mm-hmm. even that, I feel like, is kind of... He just doesn't strike me as a pet name kind of guy. No. Like, he pretends to hate her. He just stopped acting like he hated her. Yeah. And he's like, oh, sweetheart, I'm in love with you. You're in mortal danger, and that makes you sexy. Like, Me I don't sweetheart. know. Yeah, it's just a weird, <laughs> a weird thing for him to say. I just, it, I just, I, it didn't go well with like the scene too no. of like, oh, rest now, sweetheart. Like, mm-hmm. even if they had I feel called like she back, she just had head trauma. Do you want her to go to sleep? I feel like I would have even like accepted a callback to Lion and the Lamb, and if he called her Lamb, you know what I mean? Like, I would have accepted that because it had relevance to the rest of the story. See, I wouldn't. I just feel like when she's literally dying in your arms, you know, nodding off from loss of blood, that's not the time to be trying out a new pet name i feel like i'd be like you know stay with me stay with me bella not Mm -hmm. go to sleep sweetheart you just had really bad head trauma you might not wake up if you go to sleep but go to sleep yeah it doesn't make sense to me and carl's a doctor Mm -hmm. i feel like they should be trying to keep her awake until they can get her cat scanned exactly also how do they get her to a hospital do they call an ambulance they can't go out in the sun they can't go outside no one knows she just that's she the just, end of the chapter yeah that's the end of the chapter she falls asleep so yeah reflections <laughs> there are an uncountable amount of plot holes in this chapter they're and so, so glaring like i can understand minor plot holes because every book has them because you can't make a perfect plot out of a fictional story that's just how it goes the plot holes in this are so glaring and it's what the climax of the story hinges on yeah i, <laughs> I don't how know how can man. you do that have it not make any sense when like that's literally and like i could thing i could even be easily explained away because it's like oh he shows up to the arizona house the pin is next to the phone for like how you you know listen to the answering machine in other areas or like listen to different answering machines it's like oh she wrote it down somewhere and i happened to see it and i picked up the clues and i did this deduction because i'm a smart tracker i realized in my panic i called the wrong house i called my house phone because mm-hmm. phoenix is my home where i grew up and in my panic i left a message on the wrong machine anything any sort of explanation whatsoever because if she had the dawning realization once he explained that that she's like oh no i didn't actually call florida so renee knows nothing it would make way more sense infinitely, infinitely they don't do that though but there's no there's no explanation of like how that actually worked out how he did any of the things that he did because there's no explanation did he take a night flight out what we don't know we don't know the anything. airport anything like are vampires that hunt on humans just less concerned with being inconspicuous we don't we, we don't know we just yeah there's nothing yeah are they not super concerned they're like well if it comes to it we'll just kill like all the people for this mile radius and it'll just look like a natural disaster right like there's no of a bunch nothing. of people drained of their blood no big deal <laughs> like nbd we can make it look um, like an animal attack or whatever not really so much in the middle of a city but but yeah so like there's just yeah there's <laughs> there's unexcusable plot holes in this scene or in these chapters in my eyes anyways i just don't get it also disappointing climax of a book to be honest yeah that's the whole thing i mean like we have another chapter that essentially is the entire book yeah and i got nothing out of it and i learned nothing new about bella and well okay so we'll put it this still have so many questions about vampires and chapter one up until they meet uh james laurent and victoria it is all exposition the the longest exposition it's like 20 chapters of mm-hmm. exposition because it's like i guess like we can call the car crash a plot point we can call port angeles a plot point but all of it is like furthering along to the explanation of what vampires are which is the exposition of the story and so there's a little bit of rising action here and there but none of it really has any bearing on the larger plot of the book at all and so <laughs> It's just all exposition. Then they meet the three traveling vampires. And then we have, I think, all of five chapters, really, of them, you know, on the run and her figuring out that she has to sacrifice herself. And that's like, that right there is like the only real rising action. And then- And it wasn't good. Like, there was no (laughs) buildup. I wasn't anxious turning pages to know what happened. No. And, like, granted, I guess I already know the storyline, but it's, like, at this point, you should it's still, be having should trouble still be a compelling the book read. down. Yeah, it should still be a compelling read. You know what I mean? And it was so easy to put the book down when it was time to stop reading. Yep. And the chapter and then, was over. We're right in the middle of the climax. And with this one, we're, like, yep, mm-hmm. that's fine. Like, 
it ends with her closing her eyes. We don't know if she's dead or alive. And we're just like, that's fine. We'll just we'll put it off till next time. But yeah, so like the climax of this book is essentially the chase scene that isn't actually a chase scene. And James trying to kill her, which we don't really get any description of action. And then Edward showing up where she's too delirious to describe what's happening. Which makes sense, her being delirious, but like there needed to be some more descriptive points in her attack. Mm -hmm. Well, even in later books we see there are some things that are from Jacob's point of view. Why couldn't we have just really quick switched to another person's point of view? There's no reason whatsoever. They switched to Jacob's point of view for like half the book of Breaking Dawn. But yeah, it just like there's <laughs> there's so much to it that like I feel like leaves so much to be desired that it's not even funny. It's just not well executed. And it's like this book had a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. And like I wish I think the concept as a whole is really interesting and I think this game of cat and mouse. I wish it had been drawn on a little bit longer even cuz I know that like the whole maybe point in the of middle. It, yeah, like even in the middle of like oh hey, we have like this alert that there're nomadic vampires coming through and then Oh no, somebody in the town has been murdered. Something, anything like that. Anything at all. Where it's just like they do something to protect their territory. And then obviously they would go after Bella as like a revenge kind of thing. And maybe they talk about the Quilio. Like maybe she hangs out with Jacob a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And they're talking about all of the deaths that are going on in town, around their town. And you know, the Quilio's very concerned. And even that, like, it's something better than what we have. Yeah, I feel like they're just... The concept itself is interesting. There just wasn't a lot actually done with it, from my point of view. I'm just... Yeah. I feel like I'm out of thoughts. My point of view, up until this point, I think, to be fair, is like, it has been bad, but I have enjoyed it. Like, I enjoy... I enjoy things like The Room, where it's like, it's bad, but it's kind of laughable, and like, it's a little bit charming. I felt a little bit of that going through. Up until probably they got to Arizona, at which point I really feel like the climax of the book was rushed through so that they could get back to Bella and Edward time doing nothing. Yeah. See, like, I'm almost the opposite of you where you're like, oh, like, I can get through it because it's laughable. I'm, like, dreading it (laughs) to read it. And not in, like, the worst way, but in, like, like, I get fired up because I'm so irritated Mm -hmm. because there was so much potential. These plot holes... There is no, like, I don't care. No, yeah, for How many books she wrote before this, whatever, there is no excuse. Mm -hmm. And those happen consistently. Like, we don't know enough about vampires still. Mm -hmm. We don't, the book is over. I still couldn't tell you anything about the anatomy of a vampire. No. I couldn't tell you how they started. I couldn't tell you how many there are. I can't even pin down their thirst. I still feel like I have no idea And it's like, I don't like it when I read a book and I literally got nothing from it. Mm -hmm. Like, I have no more information on the main characters than I did when we started. Because, like, we knew Edward was a vampire from the beginning. Because it says that in the description. All they do is confirm it. They don't give you anything else. And it's so frustrating. See, I can see that. I got nothing from this. I feel like we didn't move forward at all. All of the characters are stagnant characters. None of them developed. But I I can definitely see that point of view because I can understand being frustrated by that. I guess to me, like, things like the pothole of, like, we don't know anything about vampires. Bella knows nothing about vampires. I consider that to be funny because it's just, like, she's getting into so much that she doesn't understand. She's so... She's such a teenager. I don't know. Like, she's just so... (laughs) You're just so different because you're like, I can at least find humor in it. And I'm like, I don't care if there's humor in it. Well, that's like the thing to me. is like, if it's something you enjoy, it's not a waste of time. And I enjoyed it. (laughs) It's a waste of time. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But also, one thing that does genuinely... Like, all the the plot holes, like, recently really frustrate me that have to do with the plot. The plot holes before, I didn't really care because there was no plot. But it also bothers me that there is another mythical creature that we have not even begun to touch on that it becomes prominent we hear about once it's twice. prominent through the whole series werewolves they're super prominent we get jacob's one explanation he doesn't even know what he's talking about when he's talking about his explanation of like what and werewolves I, are i understand that maybe that's why we don't know more about it because mm. at this point in the book jacob still doesn't know but it's like bella didn't do any research into that mm-hmm. like she only cared about the cullens she didn't do 
any research into the Quileutes. Right. Nothing. Clearly and I feel Meyer like, didn't so, either. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like if you're going to have Jacob become a central character and you're going to have werewolves become a central creature... They needed a setup. We need some sort of, like, at least hint that, like, there's there's werewolf things going on in Forks. Jacob could have become a confidant of sorts because she's not supposed to tell anybody about this, but she knows one person who already knows about all of these things. He thinks that they're legends given, but he already has all of the information. And like, that could have been a really good in for him of her being like, oh, this is the only one person that I can tell anything about this because he told me in the beginning about like what was going on. And she doesn't even have to tell him. Bounce ideas off of him. What else do you know? Exactly. She could bounce ideas off of him, ask him specific details, talk to him about how vampires exist. Because she's, I don't know, I feel like she's too ready to just accept that's a thing without processing it at all. Yeah. Anyways. But, yeah, there's, like, so much to be desired as far as, like, I feel what... I like got nothing from this book. I don't know anything still. And, like, for all that exposition... We have no information. Yeah, what have we come away with, really? But, yeah, so I think, at least for these two chapters, I think that's gonna wrap us up for this episode. Yep. So, if you enjoyed this, uh, if you can, follow us wherever you are listening to this podcast, but you can also reach us at Twitter and Instagram at redflagsatp. Uh, and I think that'll do it for us. See you guys next time. Oh. Bye! <laughs> <laughs>